Today's scripture reading comes from Acts 21, verse 10 through 14. I will be reading from the New International Version. You can find this passage on page 1102 in the Pew Bible. After, after he had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, he gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. This is the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Good job, Nathaniel. Thanks, buddy. Hey, at this time, we do have Kingdom Kids, which is a ministry for four-year-olds through second graders, and they can meet our Kingdom Kids workers in the foyer in the back, and they're going to head over next door to our education building downstairs where they're going to learn and worship at their level, and parents, you're going to want to pick them up after the service from the same spot next door in our education building. Well, it's good to be back with you again today. If I haven't had a chance to meet you and you're a guest with us, my name is Matt. I'm the pastor and excited to jump back into a long series we've been in in the book of Acts. But before we go there, I'd like to just pause and pray with you together. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for this beautiful day that we have enjoyed so far. Thank you for, God, the innocence and joy of children, parents, we find it challenging, but Lord, you have given us a great blessing. And so we thank you for being able to raise these kids to know you, to worship you, and to serve in their church. And I pray today would just be such an encouragement to them and their parents, knowing that, Father, you love these kids, even our own, more than we ever could, and you love us. And God, I want to pray and ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work in us as we open your word and study it, not only to understand it, but that we might apply it to our lives. And we know, God, that you help us with that. We thank you that you help us with that, that we might take what we learned today, live it out, and our lives might be transformed. So thank you for that help, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, I want you to fill in a blank. Just do this mentally. You don't have to do this out loud, okay? But fill in this blank in your own mind. I'm willing to die for fill in the blank. Cheesecake. Yes? No? Nobody took that one? Okay. Just wondering. I'm willing to die for what would you put in that blank? Now, that's if you were going to take that seriously and you're really going to answer, what am I willing to die for? It's a pretty big question, right? It's a pretty important question. To, to answer that question and get that question right could be immensely helpful in your life to know that which you are willing to die for because you know that when you figure that out, when you know what you're willing to die for, then you also know what you should be living for, right? 
Once you've answered that thing for which I am willing to give up my life, now you know the thing for which you are called to live your life. And I think it helps us tremendously to know what is that most important thing that not only are we willing to die for, but we're willing to live for it as well. It answers questions like, why am I here in the first place? What's the reason for my existence? It helps us to answer the question, how will I spend my time? How will I spend my money? What words should come out of my mouth? And when I inevitably get that wrong, what do I do when I get it wrong, right? What should I think about? What should fill my mind day in and day out? What should I care about? Is there some way in which I am off? And give us a confidence. When we know what we're willing to die for, I believe it can give us the confidence to know what to live for. And that what to live for is indeed the right thing. I think that's something you see in the life of the Apostle Paul. A little bit about Paul. He was a uh, Jewish man who was very, very devout in his Judaism. So much so that he felt like if anybody tried to dissuade anyone not to follow those religious rules and regulations, some of which came from God, but many of which they kind of worked up on their own. He thought that if they did anything to diminish that, that they should be persecuted. And that's exactly what Paul did. Back then, his, he went by his Hebrew name, Saul. And Saul persecuted people who did not follow the way of God the way he thought they should, right? Now, Paul, Saul, goes through a miraculous transformation. And after that, he begins to serve the Lord Jesus. Instead of persecuting people who follow Jesus, he begins to take the good news of Jesus around the world and ask more people to follow Jesus. It's a pretty, pretty amazing thing. And what we see both in, in, in Paul's life in the past and what we see in Paul's life in this present passage that we just had read for us is that he understood the call on his life, and he was willing to die for it. So much so that he not only said he was willing to die for it, he actually did live for it as well. If you go back to chapter 20, just a chapter prior, we get a glimpse of that. Because what we have here is Paul has gone off to these missionary journeys, and uh, he gets the sense from the Holy Spirit he's to go back to a place called Jerusalem. And uh, while, he's in, while he knows that he should go, he understands that by going back to Jerusalem, it's going to cause some problems for us. In chapter 20, verse 22 through 24, Paul says this. Listen for the conviction he has for that which is he is willing to die for. And then we see in his life how he was willing to live for it as well. He says, now compelled by the Spirit, Acts 20, 22, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I think in order to answer the question, what am I willing to die for, therefore what am I willing to live for, I think what Paul shows us here is it begins with, this, with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, pointing us to those things. What, in other words, what should our life be about? And the Holy Spirit pointed Paul in that direction. I believe the Holy Spirit 
wants to do the same thing in our lives as well. Remember what he said in verse 22. I am compelled by the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Spirit in my life to push me towards this thing that I know God is calling me to. Now you might say, well, that sounds great, but how do I know, right? How do I know what the Holy Spirit is calling me to die for and therefore what to live for? And I, I would just tell you two things. One, God reveals his will to us in a very general but very helpful way through the Holy Scriptures. When we pick up the Bible and we read it and we seek to understand it, when you attend small group and you're studying it, when you're here uh, during the sermon and you're listening to a message about the scriptures what we're what we're trying to say here is that the word of God becomes for us the will of God whatever God says in the word of God is the will of God for us in our lives and that's a very kind of general thing but it's a very helpful and a very important thing so if you want to know what is God's will for me what is the thing for which God has called me to die for and therefore to live for what is that you're going to begin by reading the Word of God. And just a little tip, if you've ever struggled with that, maybe you're not sure how to start, just pick up the Bible, read, begin in the New Testament and start reading through. And one of the most helpful things you can do is get a study Bible. They're not that expensive. It will have notes at the bottom that give great explanation to what you read in the actual Scripture text. And it can be very, very helpful. But if you want to know the will of God in your life, you've got to start with the Word of God. But there's a second thing to this. It's not just that Paul knew the word of God, but he also knew the will of God through the spirit of God. So we understand generally what God wants, us, wants for us from the word of God, but we also can understand specifically how God wants us to live out the word of God. Here's what I'm saying, is when you read the scripture, we need help to know how to apply that in our lives. That help comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a way of bringing the general will of God in scripture to a specific application in our lives today. And you saw Paul saying that, right? He is compelled by the Spirit. But the thing is, is the Spirit always has to be in agreement with the Scripture. In fact, if it is the Holy Spirit, it will always be in alignment with the Word of God. So if you get a sense that the will of God for you is to do something that you know the Word of God for you would prohibit, that's not the Spirit of God, right? It's your own imagination or someone else's thoughts or ideas, or we have an enemy that would love to whisper in our ear and get us to do things that would take us off the path of the will of God. But if it doesn't align with Scripture, it's not the will of God. But we see that in Paul's life. Where do you begin to answer the huge question, what is my life about? What should I die for? What should I therefore live for? It's going to begin with an understanding from the Word of God and experienced and explained and led by the Spirit of God in our lives. So that's the first thing I think we can learn from the Apostle Paul, is that if we want to know that big question, what should I live for, and therefore, or what should I die for, therefore, what should I live for? That's a mouthful, by the way. But if we want to answer that question, it's going to begin by trying to understand what is the general and specific will of God shown to me through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. But the second thing that I think is so helpful is to understand, to anticipate, and resist opposition to that. See, what happens is whenever God has you going down the right road, the road often gets bumpy, it gets, it gets windy, elevation may go up, you may have to do some hiking. The will of God can be a challenging thing in and of itself. But here's the other thing, is that 
the enemy, we do have an enemy, folks. We have an enemy of God and therefore an enemy of ours who wants to get us out of that path, wants to get us off that path, wants to get us to take an alternative path, right? Even some of the most, so even people in your life who are, who are honestly just trying to be helpful, sometimes they can give you advice or point you in the wrong direction. You know, we see that right here in the passage. Now, we scaled down the reading, okay, because we didn't want to ask Nathaniel to read a whole, uh, almost half of a chapter, okay? So we scaled it down a little bit. But you'll see that Paul encountered opposition. Once he was on the road that God wanted him to be on, he experienced opposition. First of all, he ran into some disciples in a, in a city called Tyre. And there we find in Acts chapter, same chapter 21, look at verse 4. In verse 4, it says, We sought out the disciples there in Tyre and stayed with them seven days. But through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Paul is on his way to Jerusalem. He runs into some friends and stays with them for a week. And his friend said, Listen, the Holy Spirit has revealed to us that if you go to Jerusalem, it's going to be bad for you. And Paul's like, Yeah, I knew that. And what does he do? Does he say, well, now that you said it, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I should back off. Maybe I should go in a different direction. No, that's not what happened. What happens is when the day they were appointed to leave came, they left. Now, these were friends of Paul's. But even his friends tried to persuade him not to follow the path God had called him to walk. Even friends with best intentions, even family members with best intentions can sometimes get it wrong and can encourage us to get off the path God has called us on. It's not the, it's not the only time it happened. And what we did here, read, we hear about a prophet named Agabus, right? Starting in verse 10. And we have been there, and the we is the guy who wrote Acts. His name is Luke. And the other friends and disciples that were with Paul, after we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, verse 11 of chapter 21. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his hands with it, and his feet. And this is quite a demonstration, right? Like Paul, like if I'm Paul, I just like, you know, you could just told me this. This is very, this would be very uncomfortable if I were Paul. And, you know, I'm not quite so limber. So it would have been very uncomfortable. But here's the point. He's doing something that you see prophets in the Old Testament do. They didn't just tell you with words, but they used symbolic language and actions to present to the person, here's what God has to say. And what Agabus is saying through this interesting demonstration, to say the least, is that the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt. Who owned the belt? It was Paul. And will hand him over to the Gentiles. Now, Paul might say, well, this, man, this is the second time. You know, I heard from my friends in Tyre, and now I'm hearing from uh, this prophet of God that this is going to go bad for me. But he already knew that. He knew it was going to be a challenge before he stepped on the road to follow the will of God. And he said back in chapter 20, look, my life doesn't mean anything to me. All that matters is following the will of God, even if it leads to death. And he says something very similar in this chapter in verse 12. Or we see him responding to it in a similar way. His friend said, when we heard this, uh, when we heard this, we and the people pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. 
But he says, I'm, I'm ready not only to be bound, verse 13, but to die. Incredible statement. I'm, I'm willing not only to be bound for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I'm ready to die for him. Here's the point that I take from what Paul is encountering. Is even, you have an enemy, but even people who have the best intentions for your life can sometimes lead you off that path. What you have to know that you know that you know for sure is the will of God for you. That's revealed to you through the scriptures. And which is impressed upon you by the Holy Spirit. When you know that, like Paul, don't let anything get you off of that path that God has set you on. When you know for sure, don't let anyone or anything knock you off of that path which God has set you on. And that's the third and final point is follow through, trusting God's direction for your life. Paul had an encounter with the Spirit knowing what to do. And though he encountered opposition to what the Spirit had called him to do, he followed through, trusting God's direction for his life. He knew what he was willing to die for, therefore he knew what he was willing to live for, and he followed out. Again, verse 13, Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am not ready only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. Now that, that's not an easy thing to follow, right? It's not easy to follow the will of God when it's costly to you. It's not easy to die to yourself and live for Jesus. It's not easy to dethrone yourself, to take yourself out off of the throne of your own life and let Jesus be in charge. That is a very difficult thing. This follow-through that Paul shows us can be hard for us. I think it takes an incredible amount of trust that we are willing to let God set the agenda for which we should die for and therefore live for. To let him do that, I think, takes a lot of trust. In that moment of struggle, I would encourage us to remember that the same God who is calling us to die for ourselves and rearrange our lives that we might live for him is the same God, the very same God, who sent his son to live perfectly for us and die sacrificially. For us see God is not asking you to do something he has not already done in the same way that he calls us to die to ourselves and live for him God sent his son that he might die so that we might live that he might live that we might be made right with God on the basis of his perfection and so Paul says again in verse 24 of chapter 20, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task of the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That is the good news of God's grace. Is that Jesus lived perfectly for you and me. And Jesus died sacrificially in our place for our sins for you and me. And he has set for us in that way an example that we die to ourselves. So that we might live for the Lord Jesus. Now I wonder if you are getting some sense from God. Is there a path in which he has put you on? Is there a direction in which he's calling you to take? But maybe you have felt the resistance. 
Maybe it's come from other people that you know and love. Maybe it's come from strangers. Maybe it's come from enemies. Maybe the resistance to follow the will of God is coming from within. As you face that resistance, that opposition to following the will of God, may we remember that Jesus himself struggled with following the will of God. He never disobeyed. He got it perfect. But even in the garden, right before his crucifixion, right before he died on the cross for the sins of the world, he struggled in prayer with God. But what he said is what we should say, which is what Paul said, not my will be done, but your will. And I think what we find at the end of that road of obedience is that God has called us to walk the right path. Left up to ourselves, we would have taken the wrong path every time. But when he has called us to walk that road, and when we die to ourselves and we live for God, at the end of that road, at the end of that path, I think we find great amount of joy and satisfaction because we have, we have rightly answered the most important questions that we could ever ask. What am I here for? How should I spend my life? And I agree with Paul. The answer is Jesus. We're here to know God through Jesus Christ. And we're here to live with Jesus and to be like Jesus and to walk that road pleases Jesus. Let's pray.